You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put it in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know a DraftKings stay away? Let be. So, who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who was the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's vote when the bean. Who's that out there living they dream? Let's vote when the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's vote and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's vote and the bean. You wanna make money on MMA? Let be. You wanna know who to put in your parlay? Let be. You wanna know what DraftKings stay awake? Let be. So who has the Leslie Smith underdog pick? Who is the Mexican dude and the lesbian chick? Everybody say you mean, let's bow and the bean. Who's that out there living the dream? Let's bow and the bean. Who's that still smoking all the green? Let's bow and the bean. Come on, y'all, let me hear you scream. Let's bow and the bean. Welcome back to another great episode of Lat B. We got UFC 220 down the pipeline. We're coming at you as early as we possibly can. 222. 222, sorry about that. 222. Uh, we have a nice little poster provided by the UFC themselves, just saying little. We're just little dogs right now. <laughs> we just get this. This is what we get. One day we'll be getting that Ariel Hawani shit. So, with this fight card, it comes to us. From Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena, it's going to be a 12-card bout. But quickly, we've had some really late-breaking yeah, we have news to talk about here. It. we got to go over it. A lot has happened in the last 24, 48 hours. We have John Jones having his NCIS meeting. I know it's not NCIS, his CCAT Don't or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm not stupid. I'm just saying. He ended up... Going on the stand, did you end up watching any of the videos or highlights from this? I read a lot of it. I read okay. a lot of the transcripts from it. How do you feel it went down? What do you feel? A lot of people are saying it's lenient. A lot of people saying it's due justice. Some ask for more, some less. I agree with the judge all the way around because every single problem that Jones's team kind of put up was that his management led him astray. That's their whole argument. So to me... You need to get rid of your management. That's what the judge said. So you're showing up here with the same exact people and telling me you've changed things, but you're blaming it all on them? The only hesitation I have to say with that is what the fuck does a judge know about MMA fighters and fighting? What does he have to know? I, illegal is illegal. Was it she? Illegal is illegal. True. A law true, is true. a law. It's a good point. Uh, and I was yeah. pissed a little, like 200,000. That's excessive. Is it just because he's famous? Like, no, he kind of messed up a whole championship fight. Not only that, he has multiple infractions. That has to weigh somewhere. It. I think they even talked about that. Exactly. Like, he totally has I had just multiple think he's times. pompous, and the, he, he set himself up with, like, yes men, and I picture these swimy people around him, like, slimy people with their hands in his pockets, mm -hmm. and they've set him up that they just, yeah, John, you're the best. Yeah, John, you're doing good things. Yeah, John. No one, he's not putting people that love him around him that are like, hey, John, 
this isn't good for you. He's putting people around him that are like, hey, John, let's go do a bunch of blow and fuck some hookers. Is this not, though, the combative sports archetype, the star, the combative sports star's archetype? I feel like this tends to be at least the highlighted movies when you see a lot of Rocky went through it himself, dare I say. He got not into training, loved the party, and had nothing but yes men around him, and eventually had to go back to his roots in Russia. Like Rocky 3. Well, I'm just saying in the series, it's... Rocky 4. It's an archetype through, and we see a lot of people with tons of potential that just lose it as soon as that fame and money come. And he's kind of that, but he's such a good fighter that people keep going to bat for him. I think the thing that he's misunderstanding is I think the people that are really successful, not that Floyd Mayweather doesn't mess around with the yeah occasionally or dr- get drunk or whatever. Hit, sleep with hit some, a wife. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> he has his own shit for sure. But as far as... Um, I think it's more of a persona, and that's what mm-hmm. John Jones isn't doing. His persona... He has no such thing as a persona. Like Bones Jones, it that's the whole th- the whole package. Like that's you see what you get. He's not playing a character. He's not like Connor, where I don't think Connor's walking around his house like King Connor's here. So I mm-hmm. kind of oh. I would he let him be. if you were my man. I'd be like, he's here, he's here. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? He buys her so much nice stuff. He loves his D. Uh, I don't know. I'm just I kind of am so over John Jones. He's drama. I kind of agree. Again, if he actually now, with after the verdict, they're retrofitting the time out of sport to like July. So as of August. I have a question for you, though. I actually put it out to our fans today on Twitter, but I, you might even know the answer. If both fighters sign off, can you have a sanctioned fight that both ones are juiced to the gills, both fighters? And they're like, okay, and do it in an Indian reservation. And if that's the case. Jones versus Lesnar, UFC. Jones versus Lesnar, please. <laughs> that would be an unbelievable fight. I would absolutely love that, but I feel like now with the new way that the UFC is going as a corporate entity, they're really staying away from that kind of stuff. I feel like it might be a resin type of a fight. Yeah. A dream But doesn't the UFC own other organizations mm-hmm. that they could just put it under the header of one of the other organizations for that fight, build a card around I'll it. I'll pay for that pay-per-view. I would see it all day. I will pay for that and pay-per-view. And they can kind of do it Floyd Connor style where they don't have to put anything else on the whole entire card that really matters. Or like three fights. Yeah, weak-ass fights, weak-ass fights. Um, the other one I was going to ask you about that it's all up in the air with everything going on with me too and all the time <laughs> time's up movement um, do you think it's kind of like an old school idea for ring girls and we were talking about it when we were at the fight and I'm a lesbian I like a nice looking juicy girl and I'm all, I don't mean juicy like some big old blobby chick but I like a good looking girl I don't think any of the ring girls are cute I'm like, they need to put more types in there or something. They're all three the same type of girl. They're all in the six o'clock, straight up and straight down. Brazil has got some top notch. So, can we have a Brazilian? Can we have this like girl next door, pasty white skinny girl? Get a like thick chocolate princess in there. I think they mix it up. Have Elias Therado do it. But if a dude does it, no sweatshirt. Girls don't have logo stuff all over their bikinis where they're allowed mm-hmm. to sell stuff. I want a meat hanger. I want full banana hammock. Whoa. I want full banana hammock. Interesting. I don't know if a lot of fans would appreciate that. We can't I, all be secure enough in our sexuality uh, now to just, just enjoy it. I'm doing it as a joke. It's not because I'm like, oh, yeah, well, Elias. I, I just feel like you want to get out They want to stay away from keeping it a joke is what they want to do and make it It is credible. a joke that ladies are walking across with cards in it's 2018. It, my only gripe with the ring girls, because I think they're the beauty to the beast. 
the beast is in the cage and we're seeing that. And what that one of the ring in. girls is better looking than Alan Joban? Ariana Celeste, easy. I don't she's think a she's classic, cute. I think she's the favorite. The, give me any Brazilian. I mean, ring not girl. that they're not cute. They're I all cute. It. I'm not trying to bash any other ring girls. <laughs> I think they're all cute. I just think, can we evolve it a little bit so it's not all the same? The thing that I noticed about the ring girls—that's my only hang-up with them—is I was watching them ringside, and they were flippantly throwing the ring cards down on the ground just like letting them flop over getting in people's ways getting in ring men's ways and there would be a worker from the amway center or ufc that would specifically try to wrangle up that card and only one of them eventually picked up her card but they would throw the card flippantly and not care where it lands and i'm like that's your job and Didn't you have they to pick remind that up you of like high school mean girls or something agreed like, and that just... really set me off it really made me maybe think that's of them why very i didn't ugly. have this ring girl thing at all i've just been like oh yeah i remember bringing it up and being <laughs> very curmudgeonly and being like why are they being so nasty why would they, they don't have a hard down. job yeah they pick it up and just set, set it, it down. down you're already holding it you're gonna pick it up the next fight like it's almost guaranteed or in the next two to three fights because yeah. some might finish Our, early. this is the other question this crazy. is so stupid we can totally get into two 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 we do need to get into we this. do we will but i don't care <laughs> i don't care fast you hear, forward you, you know what you're here for you got fast forward you got that little thing that goes forward 15 seconds are you if you're the ring girl like are you just you only have to grab round one. I only grab round two, and she only grabs round three. And you might never get there if you're two and three. Like, are if you're round one girl, or do they just switch it up? I have never paid enough attention. I think they just rotate it somehow. Get to us some back. Sort. Somebody has to know. <laughs> Somebody. Has I don't know, to know if enough people care. I know they have UFC ring girl cards. People must care. True tap out cards. Yeah, yeah. I know something. Okay, two, 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 two. Getting ready for this breakdown. If you haven't liked and subscribed, remember to throw one out there. Even leave a comment now that we're on YouTube. If you haven't seen, we're growing a little bit. It's gotten better than last time. It's going to keep getting better. And the more attention we get, the easier it gets to for us to bring better content to the viewers. And better quality content. Can't you hear how crystally we sound? And we'll be working at better mics <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But I know it's got to be better than last time. It was a little shady before it sounded like we were in a traffic tunnel we have room to grow so people that think that this is a finished product you do not get what's happening you're coming along for the ride making money along the way there it is so we are coming again from las vegas ufc pay-per-view 65 dollars coming to you hd this is going to come from Sorry. the t-mobile arena we have christiana cyborg fighting against debuting Kudnitskayev, I can't think of her name right now off the top of my head, but either way, this is a, a really interesting headlining pay-per-view. Kunitskaya, I've been practicing. Kunitskaya. It sounds, ja if you put Japanese in your head, it makes it more makes sense. You, it, it sounds easier. Yeah. So, this was supposed to be Max Holloway versus Frankie Edgar, and it ended up falling out due to an ankle injury for Max Holloway, so that got, but that about got bumped down to the co-main event with Brian Ortega stepping in for Frankie Edgar. Learning along the way. Okay. We're going to start from the bottom of the top, though. That's going to be at the end of the night. At the beginning of the car, we are coming in at the light heavyweight division. We have Jordan Johnson against Adam Milstead at 205 pounds. Jordan Johnson is 
8-0 with a debut already in the UFC. And Milstead is 8-1 coming off of a no contest, no contest due to Blades popping for marijuana. But he did lose that bout due to knockout. Milstead has a few fights beating De La Roca, who hasn't been in the UFC for a long time. So you really can't put that in the back of your head. That's a garbage fight. And against Milstead, or against Blades, Milstead... Did all right, but really got blown out by a much better athlete. Jordan Johnson makes his money on the ground. Has serviceable striking, but once he gets to the ground, he really can put it on you, get you in really unique situations. Coming out of the MMA lab, a lot of those calf kicks are coming out of there as well. I'm going to expect this light heavyweight to be throwing those, and that's going to be really rare. But the entries to his takedowns aren't the best. Um, either way, I think that he can overwhelm Milstead on the ground especially, but even striking-wise, Gas Tanks haven't seen enough of Milstead with his showings that he's had so far that I can't trust it. I feel like Jordan has a better Gas Tank just because he's gotten a decision more in his career. But I'm going Johnson. Decision, if not submission, round two or three. I don't think Milstead keeps up. He'll have a couple more fights in here. So how do you feel this one goes down? The easiest Johnson decision, because that seems to be what he does in the UFC, the problem that I have with it is Milstead is coming down a lot of weight from his last fight. It almost makes me nervous that this fight's not going to happen at all. Um, so be careful with this. It is the first fight of the night, but he's coming from fighting at heavyweight to light heavyweight, and he weighed in last time at 233 pounds. Um, that's also tons more power so it makes me really scared if a guy has a weak chin which it doesn't look like jordan johnson does have a weak chin so i'm gonna go with johnson decision i could see a submission round three but i'm gonna leave it as a decision right now i think milstead at a lighter weight oh i just can't see him making this weight especially when he's already hitting 31 soon I'm going to go with Johnson's so, decision, but I'm going to stay jo away. Jordan Johnson on DraftKings is 9,100 against the 7-1 for Adam Milstead. Yeah. I think you can put Milstead on a card for a knockout. I think one that's card. That's the possibility? Yeah, one card. Interesting. Puncher's chance, puncher's chance. Yeah, otherwise I stay away from this fight altogether, and I even think this fight could drop out, and you could have had a winner, but you'll never know. <laughs> so, on to the next bout. We have Brian Caravay versus... Cody Stamen. Caraway, the long veteran, is coming back of a long, long layoff. He's coming off of his heart being broken as well. Misha Cupcake has moved on and got herself pregnant. Without. That is heartbreaking. They were together for about nine years. He didn't put a ring on it and they moved along. But from what I've heard, Caraway is already has another lady with him, regularly had. So maybe love hasn't. He wasn't completely blindsided by this. Uh, they've kept pretty quiet about it, and it's their right to. Either way, a year, eight months since Brian Caraway's last win-split decision over Aljamain Sterling has really been the story of Brian Caraway's career. Regularly gets hurt, regularly has some sort of issues, never 100%, but when he gets in there, he knows how to make a gritty-ass fight. Cody Stamien's coming in with a 16-1 and record, winning his two fights in the UFC against Terry and Ware, also beating... Tom Dukenois, the underdog. I believe we had, I had Stamen as the underdog against Dukenois. Stamen is a great wrestler. Not great. Good wrestler. Uses it in reverse to use his boxing really well. He's very Chad Mendes. Chad Mendes-esque. Thick, strong, good gas tank. He actually tends to get better for me later on in the rounds. Mm -hmm. So that's what I really like to see in fighters. The thing is that Brian Caraway has some of the highest fight IQ in 
the UFC for me. He really knows how to make uncomfortable fights. And everybody seems to always have a shitty fight against Brian Caraway. And that's Everyone all due to says, credit. That was boring. That was boring. That was boring. That's He's one of those plan. guys. He's that game plan of get you down there somehow. I do think that Stamen's wrestling, though, is going to come into effect here and be able to keep this striking. Striking-wise, Caraway doesn't have much power and is a little more defensively flawed also, when he moves forward, he can t- tend to leave himself open, but he'll more eat a shot to be able to get to your hips and take you down. So, right now, I'm going Stamen. I'm leaning Stamen. I know he's the favorite, and it's easy to the layoff, the ring rust, and everything. But Caraway's come off of this ring rust before and really shown that he knows what he's doing in there, and it doesn't affect him as much. I could see some underdog plays for Caraway here. 8 5 for. Cody Stamen to 7-7 seven, seven for Caraway. I feel like Caraway is undervalued, but this is a grimy split decision type of a fight. I got Stamen decision. Hesitate. I'm not going to put it everywhere. How do you feel this one goes down? Brian Caraway, in my opinion, is always an underestimated guy in the UFC. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorites, and I think one of the reasons he's overlooked is because the flame of that Misha Tate torch. And <laughs> <laughs> it burns bright. That torch has got to burn bright. Everyone always asked him about her. There wasn't an interview he had. Um, she got more hype and less fights in a shorter amount of time, you know. Uh, I like Brian Caraway going in. I like his ring IQ. I think he's a better wrestler, in my opinion. Um, punching, I'm not really worried about his chin at all. Uh, I just think he tends to make other fighters look bad. It's going to be Brian... Uh, I think it'll be a boring, gory, kind of slow-going fight. They both might get clipped and hurt, but both guys have pretty good chins. I don't see a finish happening at all, and I just think, like you were saying, the ring IQ is going to just pull Brian Caraway right out. I, Even in a loss, I don't see how it's not worth it to play him for the price. How can you – to me, Stamen isn't a – He's not a point fighter with punching, and he's not going to get enough takedowns on Brian Caraway. I don't understand how he can be worth so much on DraftKings. In my opinion, he doesn't get a finish of Brian Caraway. So, and for the price he is, he needs a finish. I think he needs, yeah, a finish or 30-27 type of a fight, and I do not see that happening. So, of the two, I... The value is is on on Brian Caraway. And I got Caraway decision right now. Ew, woo! I got Caraway. I make money moves. (laughs) <laughs> As we go on down the fight card, we have retiring Mike Pyle against Zach Ottawa. This is a welterweight bout, 170 pounds. We have the longtime veteran fighting since 1997, Mike Pyle, the quicksand himself, 27 and 13, coming in against Ottawa's 15 and 5. The 31-year-old against the 42-year-old is definitely going to have a little bit quicker of a not pace necessarily just output in general Ottawa has an okay gas tank he's serviceable everywhere doesn't really stick out anywhere for me but he will not give up in a fight and that's a really good quality to have for Ottawa he is coming off of a loss TKO punches to Jin Liang two months ago which is really short notice for me and he beat Kumimoto in a split decision he also lost to Sergio Marias in a split decision but has Another split decision against Josh Berkman. I feel like he's right where he needs to be. Pyle, the thing that we know he's coming in with, that advanced striking on the ground, he's got long limbs, throws up a lot of weird submission stuff. If not, we'll just throw something up in order to get the position to move. 
He's coming off of a two-fight losing streak too. Alex Garcia, TKO, and also Mina versus TKO, Flying Knee. Pyle was piecing up Garcia before that finish came. Garcia was eating all sorts of shots. Pyle still has those angles. And Fight IQ, what he doesn't have anymore for me is the chin and or that quick muscle movement. It's just the what happens when you get a bit older. You have this wealth of knowledge, but your leg just doesn't get there fast enough and that punch gets there just a bit quicker. So with Pyle's retirement career, he's been saying specifically like he's really actually feeling good about it because he doesn't care if he wins or loses. And what that tells me is he's willing to go out there and throw flashy finishes. So maybe he gets them, maybe he doesn't. The thing that happens with those flashy moves is you got to load them up sometimes. And as I was saying before, that kick might be a little too loaded up. And that younger, faster fighter will get there regardless just because that's the point in time of your career. I'm going to have to go with Ottawa. Decision, if not TKO in the first or two. I don't trust Mike Pyle's chin anymore. I trust this serviceable guy a little bit more. He's not going to be a title contender anytime soon, but he can beat Mike Pyle. How do you feel this one goes down? I'm not a huge on Zach Otto. Is it Otto? It is Otto. It seems so... It's spelled kind of weird. Anyway, um, I'm not super high on him. In my opinion, It's th- these are both guys that should be on like a fight pass before a Fox night. Not on a pay-per-view. Pay-per-view yeah. at all. Um, this is at one of the worst fights. of. I think the prelim's kind of better than the pay-per-view, even though there's these two big fights on the pay-per-view. Uh, mm-hmm. But this fight is just... I don't like to call fights garbage. I don't f- call fighters garbage. But this fight's kind of garbage. Mike Pyle, get out of here. Gotta get on out of here. <laughs> you gotta get on out. Um, I just think he's going to get knocked out in round two, not because he doesn't have skills, not because he didn't used to have skills, and not because Zach Ottawa has more skills than Mike Pyle once had. It's just because he has a glass chin. That's it. And it will get hit once, like every single fight. I mean, unless you're Shevchenko fighting Shevchenko, do, you're going like to at ben least Saunders, win. Because <laughs> he's longer, he's going to look like Ben Saunders. Just wobbly, wriggly old knees. Uh, I almost had a good one. Unless you're fighting Shevchenko, you're bound to land one punch. <laughs> <laughs> so if you land one punch on Mike Pyle, he, you might even just punch him in the elbow and he's going to get, like, knocked out. So, yeah. Auto. KO round two. Because I'm not super high on him, one thing I've learned with betting is I'm not going to bet him just because I do think he's going to have the finish here. I'm changing kind of my headset a little. I'm just not not high on him. So the DraftKings line is Zach Otto, 8-9, versus Mike Piles, Mike Piles, 7-3. I don't see any value in Pyle. But he, if he, he could get the elbow finish. He could get a flash knockout. I feel like the it's same 10% as I chance. Said in the first, it's a yeah. 10% chance. Yeah. It, it's really, really un- highly unlikely. There's better bets. Much better bets. This next bet might be one of those better bets. We have middleweight bout 185 pounds between Hector Lombard and C.B. Dalloway. We have Hector Lombard coming in within a 34-8 and eight record against CB 16 and 8. What was the name of that guy who jumped out of the plane over the Pacific Northwest and stole all the money? DB Cooper. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not CB Dalloway. <laughs> Just checking. Mm. I thought I was on to something. Oh, I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at. <laughs> so we have a Hector Lombard coming in with a four fight losing streak. 40 years old against the CB Dalloway, who is 16 and 8. And coming off of a win against Ed Herman decision prior to that, having a three-fight losing streak against Nate Marquardt, um, Bisbing decision, and also losing to Machida by TKO. CB Dalloway 
has a really sketchy chin, has had it for a very long time. We know that he comes in here and he wrestles, and when he wrestles... You want to hear some breaking news? Please. Barboza versus Motown Phenom Kevin Lee. Been scheduled. Good to know. I should have done breaking. like a... Beep, 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 No, it's just breaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, late breaking. <laughs> so, with Lombard... Or with Dalloway, his wrestling is the way he makes his money. Lombard has good takedown defense. He's always had good takedown defense. Lombard's chin is held up a bit better. Him coming off of his 4-5 losing streak to uh, Anthony Smith TKO four months ago. Then losing to Hendricks. This decision also losing to Henderson. We know what we're getting with Hector Lombard. He blitzes you in the first two rounds. Gas tank hasn't been around since USADA much anymore. Yeah, It's really diminished. He's been affected much a lot by it. Um, it's whether he can land that kill shot. It's the puncher's chance for Lombard compared to Dalloway's wrestling grind. If CB keep, chooses to keep this striking, I think he can be winning this entire fight. And Lombard just has to land that one shot. And Lombard does have that pounce ability. And he can put together eight punch combinations. He'll spend himself for the rest of the round. He won't do shit. Um, but he's not so easy to take down as well. I really, really am hesitant to put this fight anywhere. I feel like it can go either way. It's a coin flip for me. But right now, I'm seeing, I'm trusting Hector Lombard on a four-fight losing streak coming against C.B. Dalloway. I don't like it. I feel dirty about it. I'm not going to put it everywhere, but I do have Lombard finishing C.B. Dalloway first or second round. Don't trust that chin. Is it just a four-fight losing streak? When was the last time he won? Uh... Uh, the decision of Berkman, I believe he ended up getting that overturned due to steroid popping on steroids. So because he won I that. have that he hasn't beat Jake until or he, his last one was three fifteen two thousand fourteen against Jake Shields. That sounds about right. I'm gonna go with CB Dalloway. I'm going with CB Dalloway. I feel like CB Dalloway got knocked out by a Machida when he still had a glimpse of still being Machida. Um, he got knocked out by Nate, but isn't Nate fighting? Or did Nate, who retired and be the somebody's in Bellator and somebody's a preacher? Is Nate the preacher now or Nate the pre- Yeah, he is. He is. He, yeah. he turned to religion. That's right. Um, and that was a great fight for Nate. Uh, I got Dalloway decision. I could even see him getting a knockout just because I am the opposite. I don't trust Hector Lombard's chin at all. I think he comes out in a flurry. He looks like a wild animal in there. He gasses in about a minute and 30 seconds, and then he gets knocked out every time. All the power is gone from his hands, and every guy feels like they can go in on him after that point. I'm going to put Dalloway decision. I could see it being a finish, but Hector Lombard has the strength of 10 men. He can knock anyone out, so that could still happen too. I do not see how either guy is a safe play. I see... Both guys ruining your DraftKings cards. 400 for Hector Lombard against CB's 7-8. So CB is, is he the better play though? Because as we're both kind of saying it right now, CB's going to get a decision. Might not be a lot of points. Might be three takedowns, one each round, and that's where the fight stays. Just throwing that out there. If there's a finish, I do feel like it's more likely Lombard. Hesitant. Be hesitant. There's money to be made in other spots for sure. Onto the bantamweights, we have a rescheduled bout between John Dodson versus Munoz. Munoz did not make weight in Brazil. This was rescheduled. They didn't want to give John Dodson his show money, and I don't believe they ever did. We never heard the conclusion of whether he got paid or not. I don't believe not. he did. Uh, get it. I don't think he did either. So he's fighting 
for a double paycheck, made a trip to Brazil for no reason, and now might have a little extra fire underneath his ass to get this win if he needs to. We've already broken this down once, so I feel like I'm going to shoot right through it because this is a rescheduled bout. I feel like you can go into the last pay-per-view if you absolutely have to. Not much has changed other than potentially with these guys that are missing weight, hence Mark Munoz, every one of them has been winning. Mm -hmm. And initially I had John Dodson, as of our last breakdown, that he would win a runaway fight, end up just circling a lot, landing a couple punches, and Munoz has to win this in the later rounds much like other fighters on this fight night he's going to be losing the whole time and could get the submission i have dodson decision i still haven't waved from that i feel like now that they're in vegas it's going to make it more likely that john dodson is going to do even better now that the brazilian is on american soil if you know what i'm talking about yeah that is pretty true uh the one thing i don't like about john dodson and i don't know if his style is um conducive for the 2018 rules like what used to be how he played, I did not notice that working well for him in his last fight. Oh yeah, they were they they were in Brazil. No, they he were, didn't show. But we did right, see him fight. Right. That wasn't Munoz last. Marias, he lost to Marias via split decision two months ago. And I don't know if it should have been a split. I thought John Dotson looked like he didn't. I don't even know if he threw any punches. He just did that. He's a Jackson Wink guy, That's isn't he? That's what I'm saying. Like, I see that being a decision because he runs away the whole fight. I'm not saying that this, he's going to knock him out uh, by no means. But Munoz has to jump on to this fight. And for that to happen, Dotson has to be going in on a, a like, takedown. That's how Munoz has gotten a lot of times. People go to shoot on him. John Dotson's not going to shoot on him. Guaranteed. Hasn't done it. Spams that overhand right. Switches his little Ninja Turtle legs and keeps uh, hoofing. I got decisions. John Dotson. I'm going to go with John Dotson's decision as well. Because if you actually look back at his record, he only loses to people he's fearful of their power. And I don't think he has any reason to be fearful of Munoz's power. Munoz can crack. Munoz can crack. John Dotson's got an okay chin. Evil twin, by the way. We haven't talked about that, so I'm going in a little bit. He's all over Munoz. He's thinking that Munoz is able to pull off that submission in the later rounds because Dotson will give up the fight. And this is actually a really good point. As much as we're saying he's going to win by running away, he could be giving it away, thinking he has two rounds, and actually it turns out being two rounds for Munoz. Dirty split coming your way, John Dotson. So, uh, 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 anything uh, left on that one? I don't know. It is a very nerve-wracking fight. I feel like I felt just as nerve-wracked about it before. I'm just kind of ready to fade John Dotson. It's it's close. I feel like that time's right around the corner. It's not because I'm high on Pedro Munoz. If it, I almost feel like if it was a different fighter other than Pedro, I might be like, Dotson's Dotson's done. But I think it's the way he Christmas trees his record: win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Dotson decision. Dirty split. I could see it too. Dirty split. We have another preliminary bout coming at us. Benil Dariush welcoming the debuting Alexander Hernandez. This is, I don't even know how to say a setup fight. This is a sh one week short notice fight. Hernandez is obviously willing to just get in there to, for that UFC contract. And he's going about it a really hard fucking way. Benil Dariush, top five in my eyes. Yeah, top eight UFC guys right now. I don't believe he is ranked. UFC oh, he's or just in one In general, Tapology has uh, Dariush at number 10 in the world. So that's UFC ranking. But 155, not like yeah, at 155. UFC, top 10 of UFC. I think he's in top 10 of UFC, but Neil Darius, right outside. 
the 155 division. Correct. Okay. 155 division. So not just the whole UFC blanketed. Oh no, not pound for pound or any of that type of okay. Talk. No, no, I'm saying okay. So he's coming off of a huge win or loss to was it Edson Barbosa? Evan Dundam, majority decision got waived for some reason. I don't know if someone popped on that. But before that, he lost a huge TKO to Edson Barbosa with the knee 11 months ago. That's against Dunham. Dunham is very underrated as a fighter. Benil Dariush with his 14-3 and record has seen only top-level competition. Being no, Barbosa is the knee. Dunham was the draw. Dun- or the, yeah, the draw. Was it a draw? I thought so. No? Does majority decision Dunham. But I feel like Dunham popped on something is oh. why it's taken away. Dunham. Something Dunham, like that. Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, this 8-1 fighter, Hernandez, is coming out of the LFA scene with some knockouts uh, and submissions. He's a young up-and-comer. He's hungry. Benil Dariush is going to try to get a win in here. And again, if you're not the top 10 guys where Dunham needed a little bit of assistance on short notice, I feel like Dariush is just way more capable Anywhere this fight goes, people are saying that chin is gone. I don't think so at all. Edson Barbosa can knock out anybody, and the fact that he didn't get knocked out against Dunham and ate some shots in there uh, is proven that he's going to be just fine. Hernandez can't kill. I yeah, easy one for me. Dariush decision. If not, I can see a TKO round one or two just because big humongous step up for Hernandez. LFA to to Dariush. There should be three fights before he gets to Dariush. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I am worried a little bit about Benil Dariush's chin these days. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I like Benil Dariush a lot. I think he's a guy that still has something to prove. The knockout over James Vick is huge to me. I think he can knock out a newcomer and give this kid his first loss. Uh, I don't know enough about him, but I'm just looking at the experience that Hernandez has, and I do think a guy like with Dari with Dariush's experience can knock him out, but maybe not in round one. Round one's heart. Round two is will. Round three, Dariush knocks him out. That's my guess. Whoa. I don't know. I'm guessing that Benil's probably the most expensive guy of the night. He is not. Huh. I don't think you'd be that surprised once you really think about it. Dariush is actually 9,200 against Alexander, 7,000. I don't really see putting him, Alexander, anywhere. I really see myself being able to do a four Dariush because as we're both saying the knockout's coming, Dariush is disgusting on the ground. He will mop this guy up even though, yeah. So there's just so many more plus sides of Dariush in this fight. He is one of the more expensive ones of the night. On to, though... Oh my gosh, here it goes. We got a debut. Mackenzie Dern coming. Finally. From the Invicta scene. Tons of hype behind her. Real big following on Twitter, Instagram, all that. She does a lot of bikini shots. Looks good. Is a jiu-jitsu ace against Ashley Yoder at 115 pounds. Yoder being 5-3 is coming off of a two-fight losing streak in the UFC to Angela Hill, Justine Keish, and... That's how she's entered the UFC with two losses. So Mackenzie Dern coming out of Invicta is pretty much the premier organization to have the most talent coming out for women. Some of the European organizations just go through Invicta first and then that's where the UFC picks them, which UFC owns Invicta, so makes sense. Mackenzie Dern, though, has tons of hype, doesn't have good head movement. She strikes, has okay striking, but she takes 
a lot of punishment and really relies on eating those few shots to get the people to the ground. Once she's on the ground, she's comfortable. She can do anything head she needs movement. from every position. But the lack of that head movement against more veteran to better strikers. Well, people are power. calling her like the next coming of Ronda. Get, get ready. She's eaten heavier shots. Then Rhonda has I'm early. just saying, second coming of Rhonda. Yeah, she's an ace on the ground, but she's going to lack head movement. Exactly. That's exactly right. The thing that people like about her is that she eats a shot and keeps coming, where Rhonda never ate shots too, too bad, where Mackenzie Dern has had a couple of Misha and her fights. were in a brawl. Misha and Rhonda were in a little brawl. So, Yoder, we don't have to worry about that power. Even though she throws a lot, it, they're just more... Bets put it on, Rhonda. Remember that? <laughs> Bet. <laughs> Kinda. She ran away for the whole time and then got knocked out. No way. She. I feel like she threw more punches on Betch than Betch threw on her. She just got Betch finally. Betch almost submitted her. Do you remember that? Do I remember that? I don't know. Oh, who's the past. About so either way, with Yoder, she likes to keep it standing. People are here oh. to hang out. We don't have to rush them through. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was worried People about. Are here I don't to know. hang. Everyone, you you rushing to get somewhere? I was wondering about the gigs. I was just like, oh, either way. So, with Yoder, I see that this is a setup fight. The UFC is just like, we have somebody with a ton of hype. Let's give them somebody that they can beat. There's nothing to be worried about, especially on the ground. I'm going to go Dern decision. I'm going to stay away from this fight, though. This has a really easy upset. People are going to be parlaying Mackenzie Dern everywhere. I don't think that it's a good play ever, I everywhere. I think Mackenzie Dern's one of your surest bets of the night. I think Mackenzie Dern is going to so submit So she's going to finish? I think it's a I decision. think she submits her in round one. Wow. You're giving... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think I she think can? The last time this girl won was, what, in the same company that Mackenzie Dern's the champion of? True. So... Yeah, this girl's stepping up to fight the champion the last time she won. They're pretty much... E- you know, coming out of the same Invicta deal, uh-huh. Yoder's never beat UFC caliber yet. So, can she beat the champion of her weight class from Invicta? I don't think so. I'm gonna go with Dern submission round one. I'm not gonna ride the hype train on Dern though, like everyone else for the rest of the what time. I'm trying to say but Yoder isn't a is a no one. It's yeah. a setup fight. Yeah, this is so a UFC it, setup it, fight. like I see money to be made later on. There's other fights that I see in the future that are coming for certain people that are hype trains right now for in the women's looking world. to make money against yeah that folks. I can't wait but Yoder is this is not it she ain't no Leslie she's no Leslie Smith that's all I'm saying <laughs> she no Leslie Smith so Mackenzie Dern is nine thousand on DraftKings against Yoder's seven thousand two hundred and Dern's not gonna lay any points it's just gonna be the quick finish that's where all her points are gonna lie so that's over a hundred points so it is that nerve wracking I understand what you're saying where it's like she's not gonna go in and lay tons of punches and points like that but I believe she'll get the submission. So are you gonna lay her heavy on your DraftKings cards or back off? I think I'm Am gonna, I gonna be lay tentative. her lay her down on the card lay her down hell yeah. I'm going to put Dern everywhere. <laughs> I'm going to put Dern. Whoa. <laughs> What's going on over there? I have no idea. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So I think you put Dern on some cards. I don't think you put her everywhere. I think you put her on like 50, 60% of your cards. I think she's a good bet for 90 to 110 points. Bold. We have the main card after that. 
headlining. Was that the headlining that on Fox that was FS1? The headlining prelim bout, and now we're on to Katzengano. Long awaited comeback for Katzengano. It has been just over a year and six months. Katzengano has always been hurt. She's coming in with a 9 and 2 record against Katlyn Vieira, who's a 9 and 0, just beating Sarah McMahon in a submission, which is a very unique situation that I'm in because the more I look at McMahon's career, the more I'm like, oh, I can't put that much trust. McMahon isn't that much of a beast. Um, Zingano traditionally tends to lose her first round. Each shot is durable as hell to an extent. She's durable for the fight length of 15 minutes. Usually comes out of the fight with a broken foot, hand, knee, or something happens. She's hardcore. Yeah, but she's not willing to give up in there. She is 35 years old against a 26-year-old. Zingano likes to keep it striking, throws a lot of knees. Vieira does the same thing, and on the ground has really shown that she is strong on the ground. Zingano, Zingano is serviceable, but... Oof, that long, that ring rust is something that I'm, I'd like to try to stay off of. Zingano's been looking good. I've seen some training all over the twits hmm. about her. Funny Cat and Brian coming back at the same time. Oh, UFC conspiracy all of a sudden hmm. amongst everything. So Cat can take it to the ground, has had some fight of the year contenders against Misha herself, but this is a long time ago as well. I think Vieira is a little more powerful, can land just as good a knees, has good takedown defense, and I think that wow. that's where this is going to matter, is in the takedown defense of Vieira. Um, I liked what I saw from Vieira, even though McMahon is a, really doing way worse than we ever thought. I got Vieira for the finish in the second round. I wow. think that she's not going to be able to come out in that second round, or if she does, it's just a matter of time that Vieira The finish, that's vague. The finish, Vieira? Yeah, how? Finish how? Oh, I feel like it's going to be knees. I think she gets her with knees up along the cage. Some takedown defense in there for Vieira. See, I just think my girl, Alpha Cat, she, her spleen might be hanging out of her asshole, and she's still going to keep fighting. I just think Good she point. has a lot of heart. She's not going to go back in. Juliana Pena, is n- that decision to me, is I, that's the last time she fought. Right. Was fighting Pina, Juliana Big Pina. Big time wrestler. Um, Vieira, she is good. I do understand what you're saying uh, about Cap being serviceable on the ground. did knock out the current champion. Just run that out there. I do remember. That was a different Amanda Nunes. Agreed. 100%. 100%. But still, she has that in there. Cat Zingano is a longtime veteran. Evil Twin loves Cat Zingano. He's betting her butt. He's saying he's a little hesitant just because... I have Kat Zingano knockout round two because I just think she has the experience. Um, but does she? You know, the the when she came into the UFC, it was still so young. And she did fight a lot of fights, introduced a lot of girls to their first UFC bouts. I'm going to stick with Alpha Cat. I got KO round two. I'm not going to put this too heavily anywhere. It's just because Ashley Evans-Smith... <laughs> I don't know what I don't know if it's better to beat Ashley Evan Smith or to lose to Pena decision. Like in my head, it's that MMA math that I don't know what's a better thing. So I gotta go with Alpha Cat. Gotta go with my heart here. She's the last of a dying breed. I think it being last is not 
far off of where she's at in her career right now. She is kind of that transition into the new breed, and that's where I think Vieira is that new breed. I think Vieira mm-hmm. is already young enough that she's watched cats fights and is like, what? I'm going to fight cats? I don't know. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would want to fight. That's how I, I like how the guys do it that way, so I get how she would, too. I'm fighting Alpha Cat, big name. Yep, here's where I make my move. It should be a decent fight. Should it be should a actually fight. be a little should slobber a knocker fight. for a lady fight. So, so Vieira is 8,300 against Alpha Cats, 7,900. That's about right. I feel like that's totally right as well. Do I need to be like, uh, Alpha Cat's also a team Alpha Male? Does that even matter anymore, the way that they've kind of been going down as of late? A lot of their fighters are... Are you telling me she's been training with Sarah McMahon? Just saying. Just saying. So, (laughs) as we get to the heavyweights, the big boys are going to come true. We have, as you were saying before, Slobberknocker. This has the potential of that happening, but potential is everything, and John Jones has potential. Slop. So it's not gonna be a slobber knocker. <laughs> always gets knocked out in the first, first. Interesting point of views. I feel like except there against is... the baby diaper. Which who was he? He was like a guy. Who was that guy? Knocked out Johnson. It's a weird MMA world we live in. But we have Stevin Stroop against Andre Arlovsky, the pit bull himself, former belt holder in Arlovsky. Stroop is coming off of a loss with a twenty-eight and nine career. His loss to Yukoslev two or TKO five months ago, beating Antonio Silva before that, and also beating um, Omelian Chuck in a decision, and a submission, Dars Choke. Andre Arlovsky had a four-fight losing streak, just won his baby Albini diaper fight. Albini is a little weird. What's happening with this alpha, or not alpha, this Winklejohn fighter in Andre Arlovsky is we've seen him even as of late in his last losses that he's not in there and swinging crazily anymore. He's trying to win his decisions because he feels like he's a faster fighter with more power and more technical, and he himself understands that his chin ain't there. Look at his losses. They are decisions. He has a TKO in there, but he has a couple decisions where people have been saying he can't take a punch. Um... I think he's adapted his game plan. And Stefan Struve just coming off of a knockout. He's one of those guys that... Oh, I feel like this just has... There's a coin flip of a fight for me. Evil Twins coming in all over Arlovsky. I think Arlovsky uses a game plan to win this decision as well. Um, I'm going to not put either fighter heavily anywhere. But I could see putting either fighter because I do not see this... I don't see it finishing, but it's the heavyweight curse of every single heavyweight fight as of late. Well, it usually goes to decision more so than knockout. Like, it's one or the other in the heavyweight division. There's no late round finishes too, too often. So, I could see a decision Arlovsky, and that's kind of what I'm picking right now. Could also see a neither fighter finish it in a ver- various ways, submissions, or TKO. I still believe that Stefan Struve has gas in the tank for the UFC. I still think he has some rounds in him I do not believe Andre Arlovsky should be here anymore I don't believe he's beat anyone in the UFC a legitimate UFC person since Frank Mir which is a pretty huge step up that's big that was a while ago 2015 that was a while ago I know that I know 2015 so it's been so long since Andre Arlovsky has even just because you stayed away from baby Albini doesn't mean you're going to stay away from Stefan Struve. I think Struve's going to really hurt Andre Arlovsky, but I think he's going to submit him on top of it. I got Struve submission round two. 
I think he can actually knock him out in round one. To me, Stefan Struve is the safe bet. I will not have Andre Arlovsky anywhere. So, with that line, we have... Andre Arlovsky's not even going to be able to stay away from the extra reach. That's what we always think. Stefan Struve for me is You're telling me Baby Albini's reach is the same as Stefan Struve's? No, I... But I don't think that... You're putting a lot on Baby Albini victory. I'm not saying... I just... (laughs) A lot on a Baby Albini victory. What I'm saying is... um, Stefan Struve tends to do what a lot of tall guys do and not use his length to its full potential. We saw Adesanya do it recently, and that's why people are saying he's a prospect, because he puts people at the end of his punches. Stefan Struve almost like lunges it out and is slower on his reaction and uses his kicks well, but he doesn't really use his length. He's gotten outboxed by a lot of other fighters, and I feel like Andre Arlovsky can outbox Stefan Struve. Stefan Struve can finish him on the ground, but Arlovsky's been in there with top jiu-jitsu guys and knows how to stay away and keep a fight standing position. I think there's a lot of uh, yeah, like Josh on the Barnett. Cage. Josh Barnett. He is top jiu-jitsu guy. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a catch wrestler. He's a legend. So Barnett has a big, big ground game. Um, either way, that's a scary fight. Stefan Struve, 8,800 on DraftKings. Andre Arlovsky, 7,400. He ain't worth it for that. Exactly. He ain't worth it for that. Arlovsky at 7-4. I'm just saying, I'm going to put him on a couple cards. 7 Struve, maybe on a card. 7-4, that ain't bad for like six points. And he could get the knockout. Either one can get a knockout in this fight. Either fighter. That's every fight. (laughs) That's every single fight. That is true, 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 true. (laughs) Especially though in this heavyweight division. So... On to... I don't even... I'm not even a huge Stefan Struve fan. He's one of my least favorites. I just... Andre Arlovsky. It's hard to figure... How, every, I, how I many fights am I going to say? Andre Arlovsky, what are you doing here? Like... But then Baby both. Albini. I had Baby Albini. Exactly. Just because I'm so ready to fade Andre Arlovsky. I agree. That's but then what I'm, I'm like, saying. Baby Albini. Baby... Now looking back at yeah. it, Andre Arlovsky, you couldn't finish Baby Albini... I totally agree, but that's where I'm saying that they, they, <laughs> anyway. might be, they might be overlooking Arlovsky. I think he can put up together a game plan that's worthwhile. So, on to... He loves that Jack and Jackson Wink game plan. <laughs> I do. I, it works. Does it, though? A finger in the Did eye it works. Though? Finger in the eye works. Did it, though? <laughs> <laughs> we have Sean O'Malley at Bantamweight versus Andre Sukumthath. So Camthath, soccer mom via Sean O'Malley himself on the Embeddeds. If you're watching, they are profiled on this fight. Because O'Malley's coming off of that contender series. Keep talking, I'm just checking. Flash knockouts coming at you. So Camthath tends to be a Muay uh, Thai uh, striker. So Camthath is coming in with a 12-5 record, 9-0 for O'Malley. Sukemthath, or the Asian sensation himself, came off of a win to TKO Saunders. But lost two in a row before that to Perez, which was a robbery. Perez should have lost that fight. Sukumthath knocked him down two times in a round, and they didn't give him a 10-8. And a split decision to Morales, who Morales has not shown that he's UFC caliber. So, Sukumthath is getting in here to be put as a showcase fight for O'Malley. And... This is exactly Sokamthath's game. The Asian sensation likes to keep it standing. He tends to be a counter-striker. He backs up a lot more, and that's why he's given up some of these decisions. Perez put a pressure on him, didn't land much, but kept moving forward, and that's where he got that 
disgusting robbery of a decision is because of the forward movement where Stokantheth was doing more damage but throwing a lot less and throwing just tons of power still into the third round but he loads up way too much on his shots and fast guys are really going to be able to uh, get around that especially later on when you're loading up on those type of shots. O'Malley comes with a crazy tornado of a game Throws a lot of spinning stuff, a lot of knees, a lot of jumping attacks because he's so confident on the ground that he can throw up submissions that he really lets loose in there. A lot of people like him due to his advanced striking and his nonstop pressure. Though, with Terry and Ware in his last bout that he won a decision, Tupperware put a good showing on there, showed how a counter striker can beat up O'Malley. O'Malley takes a lot more shots than people like to let on. He's not just running through these guys. He's getting in there in legit fights now that he's in the UFC and he can spin into an elbow or straight punch. So Camtath has a really good jab that he could use well in here. This is a really fun striking bout. Don't see it ever going to the ground. I actually feel like I'm leaning a little more so Hamthath. I think O'Malley, like I said, is so confident in his striking that he leaves openings and that's where he gets hit. And so Camtath throws hard enough to be able to sit him down. The real question for me is if the Asian sensation goes to the ground, that's where he loses his fight. Because O'Malley is a little octopus down there and mm -hmm. will snatch something yeah. up. So if he hurts him, he needs to back up and just keep working on his game. The thing that does also scare me though with the sensation is he'll give up a round thinking he's up two rounds because he's landing counter shots but O'Malley's moving forward. I got Asian Sensation TKO round three. Whoa. Woo! O'Malley will get hit in this fight. Do it's you a think, scary do one. You, don't you think it's Sean a, has the better gas tank, though? So round I, three. I was thinking that Sean slows down so much that he's going to do one of those spinning attacks, and Sukhamthath saves his energy enough in the third rounds that he can land that counter as that spin's coming. Might be to the back of the head, might be to the right to the jaw, but O'Malley's gonna flop on himself. He has good recovery, he's a young guy. I, eventually, it's gonna be a Frankie Edgar Yair where we're like, oh, all this spinning stuff's awesome. When someone's like, oh, they take the shot and then throw something, they're waiting for that spin and throw something down the middle, it can land. It's a scary one, I'm not 100% on this. This can be an easy decision, O'Malley, just due to the pressure. I actually think Sean O'Malley is one of the guys to watch out for in the 135 division. I think he's so young and so advanced already at 23. He's, I think he's going, he's going to skyrocket. He's like going to be a firework. South Han so Hanthath is a guy that can ruin a guy who's on hype trains. He does that. The other thing I think Sean O'Malley is going to have a problem with going into this, there's not too many guys that actually have his exact reach. He usually has a very, uh, you know, reach advantage somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's a super tall guy for the division. But so Hamthath is kind of a big guy. He is a big kind guy. of a big Good guy. Point. And they have the exact same reach. Who has more power? If I'm questioning it, I, I agree with you. I... I don't know how Sean O'Malley's chin is, and I actually think what could happen is that he does get hurt, and so Hamthas follows, follows him down, just like you're saying. Mm -hmm. I think that's the danger there. Um, because Sean's dangerous in more places, and I think the UFC is behind him more, and Vegas is behind the UFC, so that's where we get this weird where the more favorite guy tends to win in Vegas. Uh, I'm going to go with O'Malley. I'm going to go with O'Malley decision. And I got to 
think they see the hype train t- too and set him up with the perfect fight. I'm interested where he's fighting out of now. So Hamthath. So we have 8,200 for So Hamthath, Asian Sensation, against 8,000 for O'Malley. O'Malley, the wow. underdog on DraftKings. DraftKings might know a little something about what they're talking about. That's crazy lines. I got to say, though, O'Malley's the better price on DK there. I think O'Malley's, doesn't he lay a lot more points than Soham that? What's your average? He has a much say? higher strike percentage. I don't have the strike specifically, but by far does throw a lot more out there. Oh, that's a tough fight. I'm really, those DraftKings lines threw me for a loop right there. I thought I had a big underdog there. I would think O'Malley's the big un, big favorite. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, he's definitely doesn't have nearly as many fights in the UFC. It's only a second fight, right, in the UFC? Correct, correct. But he's on the Contender Series and all that. So, anything left? I think I'm good there. On to the co-main event. We I think have... you're kind of safe, though, with both guys. I don't see a finish, and I see him, you know. Putting out a big pace? Yeah. It's a close one. It's a close one. We have a co-main event with Frankie Edgar. And my boyfriend. <laughs> the answer himself against Brian T-City. No, Ortega. I'm trading in the answer. I love Brian T-City Ortega now. What? <laughs> I know. I what? Know. You've been a pretty huge Frankie Edgar ride or die for a long time. I know you've even had some graphics posted about the answer and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I just, I think T-City is like the next, the, his... The way he sees things is kind of similar as Rose, and they're trying to spread good and love, and I hate to get all hippy-dippy, but I love that. (laughs) I love it. And he just seems like a really sweet guy. He's handsome. Mexican guy, blue eyes. What? Have you been watching the Embeddeds? Oh, yeah. I really do love how they're showing the bodegas and the food and everything, because that's it. That's how you go <laughs> down in Cali. picked up that plate of meat. Yeah, he's oh. like, uh, you pick those with tortillas. You grab those and just make a little hand taco. Booyakasha, right down the trap. So, this is a fun one. If you haven't been watching Embeds, get on it. Good fun series. You can always learn a little bit about the background and stuff. Really love Frankie Edgar as well. How he coaches on the side. Is that with his kids' wrestling camps. Um, again, really fun stuff to just watch these guys grow up in it. And you're seeing a young man with Ortega turn into a man and how he's kind of coming into the light so frankie edgar was going for a title he was ready for a five rounder this is turning into a three and i think that benefits ortega by far i agree by by far ortega though is having the harder weight cut frankie edgar always has traditionally been around that weight class and never had too hard of a weight cut ortega though is huge at five nine at 145 pounds, I feel like he's more like 5'10". He always towers over most of his competition. The 6'9", 69-inch reach is actually three inches shorter than Frankie Edgar's 62-inch. Oh, gorilla arms, 72-inch. 72-inch, I mean, sorry about that. So, Frankie Edgar knows how to box. Comes in with a good boxing, definitely uses his wrestling in reverse, actually gets a lot of takedowns, and if he's on top control, is a monster. Shuts down all sorts of hype trains. All Frankie Edgar has been fighting at the top level since he entered the UFC, and has really only had two easy fights early in his career, which weren't even easy. He almost lost his knee in his first fight against Tyson Griffin. But either way, Frankie Edgar, we know what we're getting with him. High pace, good boxing, good angles. You're not going to take him down out of nowhere. 
these jumping submissions that Ortega really likes to do to Cub Swanson and stuff. Cub Swanson isn't Frankie at your level. He's not. We've seen Frankie run right through Cub as well, and Cub's more on the decline. Ortega does have a ton of hype with a 13-0 record. He's a third-round quality finish guy. He can be losing rounds too. Clay Guida losing that fight, 100%, being outboxed by Clay Guida. Just throwing that out yep. there. Then he was also losing to Cub Swanson. No, he, I feel like he handedly was beating Cub Swanson. Um, I Carnero thought he got hurt submission. a few times with he, Cub. He, he always gets hurt. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, Carnero, he also got hurt and then came out with a submission in the third round. TCD against uh, Brandau. That was a slugfest before he got it. Tavares almost got TCD out of there as well. TCD... Almost. Almost. Only works in horseshoes and hand grenades. It is the truth. But with the advanced high IQ that Frankie Edgar has been able to show, the game plan is stay away from the ground with this guy. Don't let this guy jump over you. And what we see with Frankie Edgar is he can stick to a game plan even if he's losing. He will... Do you think he probably has the top five highest ring IQs in the entire UFC? He's up there. If it's not just his ring IQ, his corner has known him and they've been together for so long. It's a perfect... That's a camp that you can really look at and see what it takes to create a... Do you think Frankie is the best striking coach ever? I think that doesn't... No, 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 no. Because I can't say who the best striking coach is ever. There could be some guy in a garage that is that doesn't have the right fighter and vice versa. But then if you're the best, you should make anybody the best. No. I think there's many, 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 many striking coaches out there. Is he a high-quality striking coach? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And that benefits Frankie Edgar. But Frankie Edgar has had crisp-ass boxing since day one. Beautiful jab. Throws it in there. Pistons it. Has that type of tempo because into the fifth round. Because he's had the same striking coach since day one, I right. think. Yeah, yeah. He's he stayed with team. his camp. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you want to see like how but to create it. who is his striking you... coach? It's somebody known. It's yes. somebody... Uh, Alameda's is jiu-jitsu guy. Um, they're the Jersey guys. It's the only striking coach I know. <laughs> it's really the only one. Alameda I'm... and... Oh, why am I... I'm brain farting. We know it. Either anyway. way, with Ortega, he's uh, definitely hittable. Also has a good jab. His striking is, though, where he needs to get a whole lot better. Gets tagged up way more than my liking. And really... I don't know if he relies because I feel like he's willing to get the finish, but sometimes he needs to get woken up. I feel like some of those first rounds where he gets knocked down, it's because he needs to eat a punch or two before he is just like, whoa, I'm in a fight. And I think that the other fighters as well, all of a sudden are very surprised by what happens. And T-City is this, uh, I do think that he is the new guard. Frankie Edgar is the epitome of the old guard. I don't know if a changing of the guards in line. I feel like I bet uh, Rodriguez thinking that the same thing was going to happen and Frankie Edgar had the answer for that puzzle that nobody was able to answer before. When we really look back at it, how much was it a puzzle? If Clay Guida can beat you on the feet, Frankie Edgar is going to be able to do that and stay off the ground. I got a decision. All three rounds, if not 29-28, Frankie Edgar. Actually, 30-27, Frankie Edgar. That's what my head says. My heart says T-City gets a weird... the. Danger with his weird jump ch- transitions is right when you're comfortable thinking that it's an impossibility to happen, it happens. Even when the guys are prepared, 
it's it's even worse than Damian Maya because it's like guys prepare when they fight Damian Maya and they know exactly what his game plan is going to be and they still can't do it. With T City, it's even worse. They know exactly what his one move's going to be. And they still can't do it. It goes back to that don't practice 10,000 moves at one time. Practice one right. move 10,000 times. I think Brian has done that. And the fact that that's perfected and then everything else is just keep growing. This is not a fade on Frankie Edgar. As, even as far as his age is concerned, I still think he has gas in the tank. I'm glad this fight isn't against Max Holloway. I think Frankie has a better shot at winning. The three-round fight... Because Brian Ortega does not have to save his gas tank at all, that's mm-hmm. the worry that he can come out. And I'm not worried about Frankie knocking him out. So and I don't think he's going to try to get him down. Even though Frankie's good on the ground, I'm not really worried there. It's just having that idea of the triangle already built in makes Frankie kind of stop using some of his weapons that he normally would use. So he is just going to try to stand up the whole time where he, I don't think he has the power to knock somebody out. He's a cut by or death by a thousand cuts and it uh-huh. takes him yep. five rounds to do it usually. Hmm. So point. three rounds. I got T-City. Woo. I can't even believe I'm fucking saying this because I can't even fathom it happening. Jump submission round two on Frankie Edgar and I think Frankie, everyone's going to be surprised except maybe Brian Ortega. And after it happens, I'm going to say me, because I called that shit, but right now I'm like, ooh, what a weird pick. I'm going to have both fighters on different cards. I agree. I think that... If it was five rounds, I'd have both fighters on cards together, but three, I'll have them on separate cards. On to the main event. We have Christiana Cyborg versus Yana Kunitskaev. If you haven't liked and subscribed, you better, because you're going to make some money on this fight. Hint, hint, as far as to what my pick is next, we have the minus 1,400. He's that cyborg. <laughs> he makes money move. Versus the short notice Kunitskaya fighting out of Invicta. Her last win, a decision. Um, what is there to say there's a short notice bout? This is just not a contender against somebody who is looking for fighters it's just no one's willing to fight christiana cyborg the people that are have to make their name in the sport unfortunately it doesn't help christiana's legacy it makes a a lot of people be like oh you fought a bunch of kids well if no one wants to fight you what can you do if no one's willing to sign that contract and only scrubs are because they have the most to win out of it yeah, they're going to take that shot. And not to say Kunitskayev is a scrub, because she can get to that championship level. She needs a few years. She does not need to be stepping in against Cyborg. Kunitskaya does. When she gets hit hard, I saw a couple fights earlier, she has good striking, okay ground awareness, Not doesn't really stick out on the ground, but is serviceable against Cyborg. She'll get eaten live on the ground. Striking-wise, once she eats a good enough of a shot, she'll turn around and turtle up. She'll just back away. She won't even... It won't be a... It'll be a standing TKO. Against probably the hardest hitter she's ever going to face in her life. Didn't she beat Tanya Evinger? Kunitskaya? Yeah. I believe she did. But Evinger doesn't have a... um, Evinger hurt her off of her back. She ended up getting that armbar. And it was... And Evinger doesn't have tons of power. And she hurt Kunitskaya. So I'm just feeling like... She wanted to be in the UFC. And they're like... You want to be the main event? Anybody, if you tell me right now, will you fight Cyborg for 
$20,000, and we'll give you pay-per-view shares. I will sign that paperwork right now. You I'm don't just get pay-per-view you, shares. Oh, when you're not the champion? You only if you have the belt. Damn. That was actually why I thought the UFC made the um, interim belts because they knew the fighters were kind of getting screwed by not having sponsorship, so it was a way to give more fighters the opportunity at holding a little bit of pay-per-view or a little bit so of money. So did you actually hear that the, <clears throat> the Reebok pay actually had changed as of January no. like 18th? No. So now the fighters were getting the... Oh yeah, the like five 15, grand or no, it, like two point five or two thousand five hundred. Now it's three thousand five hundred for the first five fights. After that, it goes to like four, and then after that, it's like five. So but just you have to embarrassing shit. Just embarrassing. But not only numbers. that, what because the Reebok gave the money to the UFC to give to the fighters. It's not Reebok. It's UFC pay, and now that pay only comes to you if you meet all of your. Uh, media obligations and you don't say anything bad on twitter and you make weight and you can't wear anything but reebok at your places like it's you're really they're really looking over to just be like oh you didn't earn that reebok or ufc pay that that's how they're controlling fighters so if there's a union if leslie smith's hearing keep getting at it girl because this is fucking bullshit this is bullshit this is fucking they're private bullshit. contractors Private so contractors. They should, have sponsors they should of be able to they wear whatever. They should be able condom to wear Depot whatever they want. All over their asses. If they want to wear just condoms pinned on them like their left eye from TLC, that's allowed. Maybe not safety pins. Okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Maybe, Maybe not yeah. safety pins inside but the octagon. If they want to have fleshlight on their thigh because they're getting a quarter million dollars for that, that's between the fighter. And that sponsor. I don't care. The fighter. That's crazy. It's to me, a fighter should be seen exactly like a NASCAR driver. Right. That's it. There are a whole bunch of people that are getting together that are all privately contracted to compete inside this circle. That is the exact same thing that the UFC is doing and the Reebok and UFC is an atrocity. Dana White knows it's an atrocity and the fact that he's walking away with half a billion dollars from this whole thing and still isn't standing up for these fighters, it's ludicrous to me. It's ludicrous. 100%. 100%. So... So oh yeah, TKO I, round one. <laughs> I actually think she's gonna make it into round two. Okay, nice. Because Cyborg's been, if you notice, even in her last few fights, she's not because she can't do it. It's almost like she wants to show us that she has all this other skill set. I do think she's also getting ring time because you can't emulate being in the crowd. Yeah. So she's also prolonging it. That's a good call. That's I, a good I call. I mean, even if you saw her fight with Holly, I mean, Holly, a little to me, uh, Kenneth Kaya is really just one grade down from Holly Holm, and one day I think she'll be better than Holly Holm Agreed. with age. Uh, I think she's actually Holly Holm's training partner right now at Jackson Wink. Um, you know this I love that game plan. This is the second Jackson Wink girl to be fighting Cyborg in a few months. So they could have a better game plan that I definitely think if she is listening to her corner and she wants to and she wants to be the surprise that everyone, like, she's working on her cardio, blah, 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 all this. I think Jackson Wink, what we know of them, they're going to tell him to, her back to lay off, back, back on Cyborg. And Cyborg would counter punches to that first round. So it'll be a boring first round. I think she can make it into round two where we're going to see Cyborg get more aggressive. As long as Cyborg doesn't get clipped with a kick, she's safe. That's right. the only thing she... I'm not worried about a submission. Cyborg has three belts over this girl. 
but a clip with a kick. This girl has those Holly Holm potential kicks. It's different than Holly's. It's a little, um, it's a different style kick uh-huh. than Holly's. A faster flicker yeah. kick. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it just yeah, makes yeah. me a little nervous. But I am going to stay with Christiana Justino. Cyborg KO round two. Put it everywhere. For 9700 that is unreal. That's some of the highest DraftKings prices I've ever seen. Kunitskaya being 6,500. But what's Cyborg's average points? She's got to be over 100. 107 points is 107 her average. Points. Average. So I think you can figure it out with some underdogs. And I also think, though, what's happened with DraftKings is the later, the more UFC fights we've seen, they're getting better at scoring them. And we're seeing the scores go up and up and up, which I really enjoy. I like a high score. On the fighters I picked, DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we have a underdog pick? I don't think that we agreed on too many this night. That makes it that makes me really curious because when we do that, it is a funky night of fights, and there is some underdogs that do have some play in here. I feel like there's a lot of favorites that I'm going with. Yeah, and now that I'm looking at the actual money lines, apparently minus fourteen hundred. The line opened at minus 1100 for Cyborg. I saw it last night at minus 1400. That wasn't enough. It's minus 1700. Wow. For Christiana Cyborg. This is record, all sorts of record setting. Wow. All sorts of record setting. So, Ortega, you had, he's an underdog. O'Malley's an underdog as well for Sohamtheth at minus 145 for Sohamtheth, plus 125. So you just think all those guys are going to lose? Agree. I think, yeah, I'm on the favorite side. I have Arlovsky, you have Struve, who's the favorite. I got beat. Wow. I don't think we have a Let's Dog. Caraway? I actually am picking against Caraway oh. with Stamen as a favorite. Hmm. Cat? Oh, you don't have Cat. Exactly. Um, what about that girl fight before Cats? Dern? Uh, we both have Dern. Duh, Dern. <laughs> exactly. All Dern. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know what we did to ourselves? Because two weeks in a row, we almost had double. Well, one, we did have a double Leslie dog. And the other time, we almost did. Right. And so this time... There's no Leslie Dog under, Leslie Smith underdog pick. And or Wager Gager. I'm not seeing too many Wager Gagers that I'm seeing, but it's kind of what happens sometimes. It's There's going to be, luckily, other this fight cards in the year. Look at this card. There's going to be other pay-per-views, people. There's going to be money maybe, to be saved. Maybe you have to save your money on DraftKings and save your money on this pay-per-view and get the next one. So, if you haven't remembered to like and subscribe... Yeah, make sure that you do anything. Lesbointhebean.com, at Lesbointhebean, everywhere. And I don't really mean that, UFC. If you start paying us a little scrilla, (laughs) we'll be like, you need to buy this UFC, this is shit. But we know this ain't the one. This ain't the one. This was put together. If this was a Fox night, it would be like the best Fox night of the year. Right. Best of the year. This would outsell that Stevens by far. And this lady, this is a good Fox person. Yes. Because that's all they seem to care about over there is looks. And so this is a good Fox person. And this Marauder kills her. He looks like the looks as well. And then you got old school coming in. And they'll be like, that little guy, he doesn't even stand a chance. And look at Frankie Edgar with the answers. I don't know. Lesbo on the Bean.com. Lesbo on the Bean!